Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. We're back for season two, and we are having lots of conversations with Christ Chapel women that you did not want to miss. This episode is no exception. Patty Cecil and Kate Tokar join me to discuss the heart of prayer, both talking and listening to God. They share about times when God has said yes and when God has said no to their requests. While they admit that they still have a lot to learn about prayer, they willingly invite us into both the intimate and practical parts of their prayer lives. I truly did not want our conversation to end, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Hi, I'm Kathy here with my friends Patty and Kate, and we get to share about prayer today. And I'm so grateful that you two would come and give us a little bit of an insight into your prayer life and what God has taught you through prayer. Before we get started, I want to take just a minute and introduce each of you. Patty is a retired elementary school teacher. She loves her family intensely. We'll tell you lots of stories about her grandchildren. Loves the Bible and prayer. And I also found out recently that Patty loves games. Her favorite is charades. And her husband, Doug, actually recently told me that he was given four choices for an outing with Patty, and they all involve visiting a quilt store. (laughs) That's true. So dates with Patty involve a trip to a quilt store. Kate is... Um, a wonderful volunteer. Every time I talk to Kate, I feel like she's volunteering somewhere. Different <laughs> Grace House Pregnancy Center, third grade girls on Sunday mornings, women in the word, mentoring. And I will say this, Kate, I ask one of your daughters to describe you. And this is a direct <laughs> quote from what she said. She's friendly, outgoing, super selfless, and always puts others first, goes out of her way to make other people feel loved and cared for. Oh, that's and so I thought that was so kind. She also told me that there's always wonderful sourdough bread around your house and if you need to stop by for a snack that that would be fine come on over (laughs) great well thanks again for being here and I'd love to just start it off by asking you I know I called you and asked you to share on the podcast about prayer and before we get real specific I just want to hear from you generally when I called and asked you to come what were some of the first thoughts or stories or memories of prayer that came to your mind Patty can we start with you well, I think the first thing that came to my mind was Scripture, uh, Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds. And I know, you know, I pray for a lot of reasons, because it's commanded, because it's effective, <laughs> it works. Yes. Um but I think of that peace mm-hmm. that comes um, with prayer, that it, which really surpasses understanding. When you're in situations that shouldn't have peace and, and you pray and that peace comes, it's really um, a blessing. It's a, a God-given supernatural thing that's um, really fantastic. But, you know, my, I also thought at the same time... Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, what my prayer life isn't all I would want it to mm-hmm. be. It, it's you know, um, but I'm I'm game to share 
what it is, but, <laughs> but I don't want to be held up as an example type thing, you know. Um, Jesus obviously modeled prayer for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's an area I'm still working on. Absolutely. I can totally relate to that. Kate, what about you? When I first called, what came to mind? I thought, why is she asking me to do this? <laughs> because I love prayer so much, but I definitely don't feel like a prayer expert by any means um, at all. So I love the Lord, and I know that He hears us, and I know that He cares about us, and so I love to talk to Him. And I think for me, it's really grown my dependence on Him, just being able to communicate to Him. And then I think also it really puts my mind and heart back in the place it needs to be and puts him in his rightful place because my mind definitely, you know, I tend to want to take control of things and prayer is definitely a way to go, no, God, you are in charge of this. You're in control of this and 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 I can trust you with that. And so for me, it's a definite exchange of my worry or fear and exchanging it for peace and just putting it in God's hands. Um, and the, the prayer thing I thought of is that when... Um, in college, I was dating this this boy. I'm sorry. In college, I was friends with this boy who wanted to date me. <laughs> and, there's a difference. Uh, there's a difference. And uh, we were good friends, and we did a lot of things together, but I just didn't care for him that way. Um, and I had made that very clear, I thought. <laughs> but we had a conversation after probably about a year, and he just said, will you please pray that God will change your heart or my heart because he's not changing my heart. And so I said, sure, I would love to pray. And I prayed that God would change his heart. (laughs) And about, it was a little over three months later, we were engaged. And then six months after that, we got married. And so um, God definitely has a good sense of humor. (laughs) And um, that was, that's always usually my first thing that comes to mind when I think about prayer, that God does use it not only to change other people's hearts, but our heart as well. <laughs> so, Amen. As you think about seasons in your life, I know that when we walk through difficult seasons, prayer is something that we have as a tool and an opportunity to engage with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear from you, what are some instances in your life when maybe it's been difficult seasons and prayer has been comforting or helpful for you? Well, I know for me, uh, and this has been 14 years ago now, but we lost a granddaughter when she was 15 months old. and She'd been born with a heart condition, but it was still a shock. And I can remember, you know, not being not being desperate, because there are times of desperate prayer. I think of Hannah praying for Samuel as being desperate. This was a very emptiness. You know, I, I there just weren't words. Hmm. Um, and prayer became a lot of sitting and listening. And I was very thankful that the Holy Spirit will pray for us, hmm. you know, and intercede for us. Because, yeah, I... I I just didn't know what to say or how to say it or, yeah, there just weren't words. So it was hard. When you're grieving, it's it's really hard. Thanks for sharing that. And I love that encouragement that sometimes we don't have to say anything. Mm. We can just sit and trust that the Spirit is praying and trust God to be present with us. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that, Patty. Kate, what about you? When you think about seasons that have been difficult, what has encouraged or helped you as far as prayer? Well, I think um, 
So we moved to Ohio when um, our older daughter was just had just turned three, and our younger daughter was six months old. And um, we moved there not knowing anyone. We did not have friends or family, and we weren't going to get to see anybody for a while because it was at least two flights to get to us. <laughs> so there was no direct way. Um, and it was such a hard season of feeling alone, and my husband was at a new job, and um, everyone, I didn't know this, but everyone just goes inside for the winter and you don't see anyone again until like May when it was the last snow. And so it was just really a hard season for me, especially because I was just really at home with two little kids by myself. Um, and then dealing with some personal things, you know, that I just hadn't dealt with because we had gotten married young and then moving off, God tends to bring up things that you need to process. And, um, for me that time, I mean, I would love to be able to say, oh, I just prayed every day and felt you know, so much trust in the Lord. It was a really maturing time for me because I really was just dragging my heels. Like, I am, you know, I want to go back to Arkansas. I do not want to be here. What What are you going to do to get us back? And um, that was basically where I lived. And I prayed frequently and for my kids. And um, But it was just a hard season. And honestly, God used that time of me coming to him with my worries and concerns to grow and change my heart, you know, and teach me that I can trust him. Um, And then from that, we've had, you know, a house that we've owned there for 12 years because we couldn't sell it when we moved. (laughs) Um, And so that was a huge source of, you know, something that I really had to trust God on when you don't live in the same town or near the house that you own and people are renting it. It's really hard, but God was so faithful to always take care of us. And Kathy got to celebrate with me this year that we finally sold our house. And so it's (laughs) such a blessing. But, you know, just... Being in prayer and um, jotting some of those things down in my Bible when I would read a verse or just in putting the year, and now I can look back and see, oh, wow, God really answered that prayer. Um, And I'm just so grateful that He did that. So I love that. I asked, you know, what prayer looked like when it was a difficult season. I'd love to also ask, how has prayer been a joy to you? Or what are some times when God has said yes? And how do we respond when God says yes? One thing that comes to my mind, and this is really a small thing, but on one trip to Israel, one of Doug's favorite spots is called En Herod. It's Gideon's Spring. And it's now a um, state park or a national park, whatever. But it was closed. And we get off the airplane and in Israel, and we meet our tour guide, who's also a good friend. And he tells Doug, he says, En Herod is closed. What do you want to put in its place? And Doug said, oh, Ronnie, we're just going to pray about it because that's four days off. You know, we got plenty of time. (laughs) So we do. We pray about it that night, everything. So the next day we come out to the bus and Ronnie says, Doug, and Herod's closed. We we need to decide what we're going to do. And Doug said, we're still going to wait, just pray. So the next day we come out and Ronnie says, okay, what do you want to do? And Doug said, look, we're going to stop by Herod, even if it's not open. And we'll just look from the parking lot, you know, and have our teaching on the bus. But I want to go. And Ronnie said, okay. So finally, it's the day to leave, head south, and we're going to go to Herod. And we come out from breakfast to get on the bus. And Ronnie's standing by the door of the bus, and his eyes are as big as saucers. (laughs) And he goes, Doug. And her road is 
open. <laughs> he said it's been closed for a year, but it's open just for you That's today. Awesome. <laughs> and we thought, what a gift. Yes. You know, sometimes God just gives us little gifts and it was um it was joyful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I can think of hundreds of things. Even recently we just went to um, Arkansas to visit family. And on the way there, my sister-in-law, who we were going to be staying with, found out she had COVID. We were an hour oh. away. We couldn't find a hotel because everything was booked because everyone was there for orientation. And um, I mean, this is just a super small thing, but I was like, we just have to pray about this because we got to stay somewhere. <laughs> we're going to stay in our car and we're certainly not turning around and driving back. So we're going to do something. Um, and I called a couple of places that were just crazy expensive and um, finally called this other place and a super helpful, kind woman gave you know had a room for us and upgraded it and it was way cheaper and so I just felt like it was such just a little gift but I feel like God does those things all the time and I think a great thing about praying for everything that you know just comes in our path is that we see God moving because it'd be very easy to overlook what God is doing and I know that we still do that many times a day we don't even know half the things he does I'm sure but it blesses us to see God doing something in our lives. And, you know, and it just builds faith and trust. And I love that so much. But the thing when you asked that, I thought of where God answered. And I will be honest, when I was praying these prayers, I never thought he would answer. But when we lived in Ohio, we found out that our youngest daughter had a kidney issue that would require surgery at some point. And it required this really awful test that she had to be awake for every year. And um, we also found out she had um, something for her eyes that she was going to have to have surgery on. So those two doctors agreed that, you know, when it came time for one of them needing surgery, they would do both at the same time. And so um, I just prayed for her. And I'll be honest, I, I truly didn't even think God would answer this prayer, but that she would not have to have surgery, that God would heal her of both of these things. And both of them, if you look like Pretty much everyone has to have surgery. And so I just prayed for her. We ended up moving to Texas where there were two specialists. God provided two amazing specialists here who knew about each of these things. They both have surgery together, so they were willing to do the surgery together. And, you know, we would go back year after year, and finally the um, urologist said, she's fine. You don't need to come anymore. Her kidneys are doing great. She does not need the surgery. And then a few months later, we went to the eye doctor, and he said, I don't know how she did this, but... She doesn't need eye surgery anymore. <laughs> and so God had answered those years of prayer that were honestly not real faith-filled. I mean, I knew He could do it because He can do anything, but I didn't know if He would. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's blessed her, too. You know, she's old enough now to realize what God did. And she even kind of jokes about it because her sister had to have her wisdom teeth out. And she said, I won't have to have mine out because God always heals me. <laughs> <laughs> so far, she hasn't even <laughs> But it does. It just blesses you to see God hears and answers, and He is so specific and personal to us. And I love that so much. I mean, it just shows you how much He loves and cares for us. Even if He does not answer your prayer the way you think you want it to be, He always does something good. Um, And I'm just so blessed by seeing that. Obviously, we love celebrating and experiencing God when He says yes, but I know that there are no's that we've gotten in life. And wrestling through those no's, um, especially when it was something we really wanted, can be hard. Patty, do you have any wisdom on what do we do or how do we respond when God says no? How how do we handle that? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is um, Isaiah 40, 
31, which is one of my favorites, uh, wait for the Lord and, Mm -hmm. and they will walk and not become weary that sometimes we just have to wait. And, and sometimes we have to, you know, we have to ask for strength just to walk. I, I don't need to run, Lord. I don't need to to win. I just need to be able to get up out of bed and and walk. I mean, there are times when I know I've been there. I assume everybody has where you think I just can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And and you have to let go of that and say, God, I'm gonna trust you um, and try and move on from there. But yeah. There are times where you just have to wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of, too. There are two verses I thought of, um, Psalm 40, 1 through 2. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He He turned and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Um and then the other one is Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And I know probably everyone's been in a place where we've said that. And then um, he goes on and he kind of reminds himself who God is. And at the end, he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. So I think that waiting, like Patty mentioned, is just sometimes what God wants us to do. <laughs> he just wants us to wait, and He will do something. Sometimes it just doesn't look like we expect. Um, I think during those times for me, one of the things that's been most helpful is to turn my eyes away from, you know, to turn whatever it is and, you know, go to Him in prayer every day about whatever the situation is, but then to look and see who He is. And so I've been really encouraged during those really hard times, just as I'm reading the Word and it says something about, like, a characteristic about Him, to say that to Him or write it down in my journal, like, you know, God, You are my rock, and write that down and think about what that means to me. And really, He has taught me so much about Himself during those times, just looking at Him, and then also it moves my focus away from whatever the issue that I'm going Mm -hmm. through. And then I think, too, little things come to mind, like, you know, God is going to use us as an encouragement to someone else. And weirdly, even really oddly specific things, He still uses those things. You know, you may walk through a really hard season for a couple years or longer and thinking no one else really deals with something this specific, but then He uses it in some strange way to encourage someone, you know, that you never expected. And so um, I think seeing those and then trusting Him, like in these really hard places, He's doing something amazing um, and and trying to find peace in that, and then going to Him continually looking for strength and hope, like Patty said. One thing I thought of, too, like I can remember in, in a, the grief situation that um, a lot of times I, I felt like I need to understand this. Mm-hmm. I want to understand it. And obviously, I, I taught math for years, and you know, you need to understand math. That's something you need to understand. <laughs> but I, sometimes we almost demand of God, we want to understand this. And in the situation we were in, I, I came to realize um, God didn't call me to understand it. He calls me to trust Him. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that I can do because God is trustworthy. Um, you know, He is good and He loves me, and I'm going to hold on to those things. And I don't have to understand it, Lord. All I need to do is trust you. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Kate, I've heard you say before, and I want to ask you about that, um, ask you about this. I know that 
prayer is something we learn. And I've heard you say before that you used to move from fear to fear in prayer. Would you tell me what you mean by that and then how you overcame that? Yeah, well, I mean, God, that for sure. But I think I definitely just have sort of a mind that clings to fear and worry, you know, whatever it is. So let's just, I'm trying to think of something little, but I mean, I'll just use something silly like on the playground. Like my kids are on the playground and I, you know, my daughter's up high and I'm worried she's going to fall and break her leg. So I'm desperately praying and trying to get her down. You know, she's too little to be in that situation or something. And then, you know, we get out of that and then we get in the car and then I think, what if we're in a car wreck on the way home? And then I pray about that. And then I move to the, you know, whatever. And obviously there are many more things in our life than we're worried about than our child falling off the playground or if we're in a car wreck. But um, just trying to think of, you know, some little examples of what is this going to look like? So moving from maybe there's an issue in our marriage, then I, if I feel like that's settled, then I, you know, quickly hunt for the next, like maybe I'm worried about finances now. Maybe I'm worried about my kid's salvation. Maybe I'm worried about, you know, whatever it is, just kind of moving almost like I kind of envision like monkey bars or something, you know, moving from one to the next. And I just kept circling, doing that over and over. And I think um, a really hard situation our family walked through um, taught me, in those moments, I was so overwhelmed and so fearful about the situation we were in and didn't know how to fix this. There was no easy fix for the situation. And I would sometimes go out into my garage or go stand in my bathroom alone and just beg for God to help me through this next moment. I would wait and find His peace because I did find He would give it. He He does what He says, and He will give us peace. And then I would you know, take a breath and go, okay. And then I would walk back out, and as soon as I would feel it creeping back in, it may be one minute. It might have been five minutes or ten minutes, but it wasn't long. I would feel it creeping back in, and I would think, no, I'm, I've given this to God, and sometimes that would be enough. Sometimes I would have to go back to the garage or my bathroom. Sometimes it involved crying. Sometimes, you know, just whatever happened. But I really felt like God did answer those prayers, and He brought me peace, and He doesn't want me to live like that. Because when I'm doing that, I'm not looking around for what He wants me to be doing. I'm just focusing on myself and sort of drowning in that. And so um, I guess the way I moved out of it was trusting Him, just like Patty read the verses from Philippians to begin with, just really finding that peace that surpasses understanding in situations where you shouldn't have peace, seeing Him provide that. And now I know if I'm because you get that feeling, that real worried, you know, kind of sick feeling in your stomach. And I know I need to go have a minute with the Lord. Like if I can have longer, I want it. But sometimes, you know, if you've got family, you're in the middle of something. It's a minute. I just need to go to the bathroom alone <laughs> and stand in there and say, God, I need your help because I'm taking this on. And I don't want to do that. I want to give it to you because I can't do anything to fix this situation. I need your help. And so um, I think for me, just kind of that pattern of no, I'm not. And now if I'm like that and it's longer than a day, I feel like something's terribly gone wrong because he really is so faithful, you know, to help me and answer that. And obviously we can be in situations that are much more overwhelming and, you know, you're not panicking for a moment may look like you've stopped crying enough that you can breathe now, but you're still crying, you know, I mean, you're still hurt by the situation or, you know, like you mentioned losing a grandchild. Um, I mean, you know, that is not something that you just suddenly go, oh, good. <laughs> you know, thanks, God, we're good, and I'm going to move on with my day, and then you don't ever think about it again. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. But really finding that God does give us peace if we just go to Him and trust Him and leave it with Him. And I think, too, another thing is like kind of naming my worst fear. You know, what is it that I'm so scared is going to happen? And saying that to Him and saying, okay, even if that happens, I trust you're good, and I 
can trust that I can leave it with you and you're going to work things out. So that's kind of how. And and I think, too, like faithful, I've really needed to journal. And I get up before my kids in the morning, which is easier now because they're teenagers. But when they're little, it's real hard <laughs> to find that time. But even if you have five minutes to write down your prayer, write down a praise that God's done, that has been life-changing for me. Or to, to read a verse in the Bible and and pray that for my kids or for my husband or for my friends or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. That time, he is so faithful to meet you in that time for sure. So thanks for sharing that. I know I asked uh, Kate about fear and I've heard Patty, you talk a little bit more about wrestling through self-sufficiency in prayer. Mm-hmm. Would you share a little bit about that battle and how prayer has been a part of that for you? <sighs> sure. Uh, I have a couple of notes here, and I have versus (laughs) self-sufficiency, and I'm trying to figure out how that all works. Um, You know, attitude is extremely important for for life, you know, the way we go through through life, and um, that... um, that dependency, dependency has been a big word for me for the last 10 years or so, trying to be dependent on God and certainly not a good cultural thing. We we are taught to be independent, to be strong women or strong whatever. And, and um, you know, but God calls us to be uh, dependent. And I, I was really impressed as as I was doing uh, some work on getting ready for prayer, you know, praying about prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I couldn't help but um, come across the verse about pray at all times in the Spirit. But it's interesting. It comes after putting on the armor of God, Mm -hmm. which is something we need to do. We need to put on the armor of God. But we can't feel like we're then self-sufficient. Oh, I put on the armor of God. I can do this. But right after he talks about putting on the armor of God, he talks about pray at all times in the Spirit. Um, And I think prayer is a great, way to demonstrate uh, trying to combat self-sufficiency. It's very, hopefully, it's very childlike. It's that willingness to be dependent, but it's also a willingness to to learn and to listen and to be helpless. I don't know if children realize how helpless they are, (laughs) (laughs) but I certainly do. You know, apart from him, we can do nothing. Mm. yeah, so, but fighting self-sufficiency, that's been a battle for me as far as salvation, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, can't you work your way to heaven? Can't you do this on your own? And to realize, no, that's a gift for what Jesus has done for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to be self-sufficient in my prayer life either. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's not a magic wand. It's not uh, a credit card or whatever mm-hmm. that you can just swipe. You know, um, yeah, it's it's unity with God and and coming to Him in a childlike uh, attitude and manner. And I I don't want to be self sufficient. Mm-hmm. I Patty also want to ask a question. There are two things I've heard you say before in relation to prayer, and they were very encouraging to me, especially because I've shared previously that learning to pray was very hard for me and is still something I feel like I need to work on a lot. And you've said before these two things, and I thought that is gold. You've said anything worth doing is worth doing 
poorly. <laughs> and then you've said practice doesn't make perfect, but it does make permanent. Mm-hmm. Would you talk about both of those things a little bit, particularly to those of us that feel like we don't know what we're doing when it comes <laughs> to prayer? Those were impactful for me. Yeah. Well, as a teacher... You know, we spend a lot of time practicing uh, different (laughs) things, whether it's the alphabet or whatever. Um, And you've often heard practice makes perfect. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Perfect practice might make perfect, but um, practice makes permanent. And I think we need to practice prayer. You know, it's something we need to do. And there are all kinds of prayer. There's your scheduled prayer time, you know, in your quiet time. There's just the the um, the prayers that come um, as you're driving down the road and you see an accident and you're going to pray for those people. There's that attitude of prayer where you're praying all the time. Um, there's those prayers when you just feel a big need, you know, or the prayers over your children or your prayers at mealtime or whatever. Um, so I think we do need to practice because that does make it permanent. It, the more we do it, the more apt we are to, to do, do it, it. again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we've all heard the phrase, uh, anything worth doing is worth doing well, which is a good motivation for doing a good job. And I, I believe that, but I heard someone years ago say, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. And you think about that and you think, that's really true. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, particularly in light of prayer, if prayer is worth doing, it's worth doing poorly rather than not doing it at all. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, yeah, because we don't have to be good at it. I mean, what is good at it? I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't either. Um, Yeah, but sometimes or at least I know I am, you're put off, you think, oh, I can't do it well. As a teacher, you know that the hardest children to deal with are the perfectionists because a perfectionist <laughs> was, doesn't want to do anything that they can't do well. If, if they can't do it right away, you know, they don't, they don't want to attempt it because they don't want to do it poorly. But, yeah, we all have to learn. And if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. Uh, <laughs> so you can learn to do it better. Mm-hmm. Literally sitting here right now, I am a perfectionist. And you saying <laughs> that about prayer is like, that's why learning to pray was so hard for me, because I wanted to do it perfect. And that is hard to do Ew. or to figure <laughs> yeah. out. And I'm never going to be perfect. And I know that intellectually. But really just stepping in and doing it even maybe not perfectly. And yes. Should there be a perfect? I don't even know. That's great insight. I know we've talked a lot about asking for things and a little bit about gratitude, but Kate, I want to ask you to talk because I've heard you this before. You've talked about how important confession Mm -hmm. in prayer is for you. Would you talk a little bit about what is confession in prayer and why has that mattered so much to you? Yes. I think um, I was actually in a mom's group a few years ago, and it's funny. I feel like, you know, God teaches you little things as you move along. You don't just, you know, start following Him and learn everything there is to learn about prayer, everything there is to learn about, you know, reading His Word or whatever. Um, And someone said something about, um, praying the Acts prayer 
And I didn't know what they were talking about. Everybody <laughs> seemed to know but me. Um, and so finally I asked, and they said, well, it's where you pray adoration. You know, you're adoring God first, confessions, you're confessing, you know, your sin to God, thanksgiving, and then supplication where you're asking God, you know, for whatever your prayer requests are. And I thought, um, and obviously that's not something we have to do in that order every single time because just like Patty said, sometimes you see an accident immediately. Well, you don't stop and adore God and then confess. <laughs> and then, you know, you pray for those people. Like, that comes out of your mouth immediately that you want to be praying for those people. But um, I think that was really the... F- I mean, I knew that we're supposed to confess sin, but thinking of it like, oh, these are kind of like, I want to adore God, because in adoring God, that changes my heart, too. Um I need to confess, and I need need to do that regularly. And so I still feel like this is an area, I mean, in all this, that I'm not good at. Like, I I think I can easily overlook my sin, you know? It's like, well, well, I mean, obviously that was the same response anyone would have in that situation, you know, Um, or whatever. But just just recognizing, okay, I need to take a moment and realize what my heart is like before the Lord. And so I think one just— I mean, the adoration, really, you're confessing who He is, and then I'm confessing who I am, which is someone who's full of really bad things. And the longer I walk with the Lord, the bigger my sin looks, and the bigger and bigger. And you think it's going to get smaller, but it doesn't. It gets bigger (laughs) because you see see more of it, and you see your response in situations that you would think, surely I would never respond that way. Um, And you recognize your need for God. And so I think there is that. It's a important because I think that's how he he changes our hearts. And I am sure my family could come alongside me today and say there, you know, here are 10 other things you didn't even know that you did that you should be <laughs> confessing. But but um, you know, just praying that that God will search my heart and my mind and my actions and um, you know, trying to memorize some verses about honoring him especially out in public or at Walmart or driving, (laughs) these places where you sometimes make a rash decision that was a bad one. Um, And, and, you know, then just following up with thanking Him for who He is and then asking for prayer um, for things, asking for things that, you know, I feel like I need help with or friends or family or whatever. But I feel like there is that key part, and I think it's fairly easy for us to forget that. and, and even just move on to, here's what I need, and then we move on from that. Here's what I, the next thing I need, and here's the next thing I need. You know, and just not really stepping back and giving Him time to show us things He wants to change in our hearts. So that's why I find it to be helpful and um, important, and I want to grow in that more, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I know as we've been talking, you've shared little tidbits about practical things you've done, but I want to ask specifically, what has prayer looked like practically for you? Maybe in different seasons in your life, it's looked different. Or what are some even practical things you do now? Just if you're willing, would you give us a glimpse into what some of those practical things have looked like? Well, a couple of things come to my mind. One, I almost always have my Bible with me when it's a set time for prayer, when I think I'm going to sit down and pray. Because either I want to pray scripture over my kids or whatever, or I want to have that foundation, or even just in my Bible reading, that will lead to prayer with different things that I've read. The other thing I like to have is a hymn book. I'm not a singer, but I... (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to hear me sing. But I I love those old, old hymns, The Truth. There's so much truth in those hymns. And I'm always amazed, I think, 
wow, this person knows the same God I know, Mm. but they lived 200 years ago or whatever, or this person has been in the same place I am. They get it. You know, they, they understand it. And that's, um, yeah. So I like to take a, a hymnal with me when I'm, when I'm praying or my Bible. And one thing that Doug and I did, and we've done it for years, is we'll take a half day of prayer or a full day of prayer, usually a half day, and uh, about four hours, and we'll spend some time praying together, but then also praying alone. And again, I have my Bible and a hymn book with me or whatever. Uh, And somehow that was just an escape. Now, when my kids were little, my time alone was usually in the backyard (laughs) (laughs) with the sliding glass door closed or whatever. But um, yeah, to take that time um, to really use it as a time of evaluation too and mm-hmm. and listening and saying lord these are the things i'm struggling with or these these are the things i see we need in our family or whatever and and pray for wisdom or whatever yeah so mm-hmm. i think um for me i was thinking about you know, I mentioned journaling, and that is very helpful to me. And I know it's time-consuming, so a lot of people feel like, I don't have time to do that. But now I'm so dependent upon it. I feel like I don't have time not to do that. Mm. Like, it is just so helpful to me. Also, I feel like sometimes, you know, when you're praying, your mind's just wandering, and you realize you're writing a list of things you need to do for the day, or you're looking up something on your phone that you had forgotten to look up the day before. And so for me, that the the journal <laughs> makes me stay, you know, focused in in what I'm doing. But I think um, especially for moms that have young kids or um, maybe women who work and then come home and cook dinner and then, you know, the chores need to be done and then it's time for bed and it really feels like there's no time. I think for me, something that I had read about a few years ago was really finding sort of the in-between moments and using that time for prayer too. And so one that was really helpful to me is folding clothes because usually everyone feels like there's so many clothes, I don't have time to do this, you know. But praying for my child who just used this towel to dry off and now it's dirty and praying for her, um, you know, for my other daughter as I'm folding her clothes and and just thinking about her emptying the dishwasher and feeling like, gosh, we go through so many dishes, you know, and they're all still wet. How am I supposed to put them away? And, you know, instead of having that sort of heart, but thinking like, this is a time I can be praying for the people who use these things and and praying for whatever God brings to mind. Because usually once you kind of turn your heart toward Him, He will bring something to mind. And I think also just, you know, in driving, that's another time I feel like for a while, I'm not suggesting everyone should do this, but I felt like God wanted me to turn the music off and just spend time in prayer and whatever he would bring to mind. Um, and so that was really a good time. And sometimes I still do that. Um, and so another big thing for me is actually praying for people's prayer requests. You know, a friend mentions that they need prayer for something and you go, yeah, and I'm still not perfect at this. Someone mentioned something to me the other day and I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't even pray. I'm so glad it went well. Um, but I totally forgot. So I usually will make a note to myself and just stick it on my kitchen cabinet or in my bathroom. And I'm not talking about, we used in college, we did these like giant, you know, like each day we had a notebook page full of people we're going to pray for. And it was so, I mean, like I didn't have four hours to sit and pray for these people. So this is a manageable way I can pray for people and really trying to be sensitive. If God brings someone to mind while I'm washing dishes, pray for them real quickly. We don't know what they need. And, you know, maybe God wants to do something in their lives. So that's kind of what came to mind for me, finding those little moments that you can pray. And then also just getting in a habit of develop. And I mean, there were 
probably several years where I would pray in the morning and be journaling and thinking, is God hearing me? I don't even, like, what am I doing here? I don't know. And now it's become something I'm completely dependent upon, having that time with Him. So, Yeah. You brought up, and Patty, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, about praying with or for other people. And we're in small groups. We pray in community. Talk a little bit about the value of praying with a group or praying for someone. How have you seen God use that? Well, I have seen God use that. And, you know, prayer is effective. (laughs) So, you know, you see answers to prayer, you see changes of heart or whatever. Uh, One thing I realized this year, more than any other year, uh, through our Women in the Word group, was the benefit of talking about prayer with each other. Um, And Amy Foster, I'll have to excuse You'll have to excuse me if I misspeak this, but in one of her lectures, Amy said something about praying every morning when she gets up that the Lord would help her see what He wants her to see and to hear what He wants her to hear. And that really had an effect on one of the women at our table. So as the weeks went on, she would share that. She would talk about Amy's um, request again her that morning prayer, and she incorporated that into her life. And she was in a, a difficult relationship where, you know, so often we go in with preconceived ideas or with <laughs> yes. notions, and yeah. she really hard wanted... Hard to see what's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to see past everything, and she really prayed that God would help her see what He wanted her to see and hear what He wanted her to hear. And because of that and because of her sharing that with us and week after week that coming through, that became important to all of us, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was something that we all started to do. And it was just a great encouragement that, hey, because one person said this, but then we talked about it and kind of personalized it and made it our own. It was a real benefit, which was one of the main reasons I said yes to doing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is helpful to talk about prayer. Hmm. That's great insight. Yeah. Well, we are getting near the end of this time of talking about (laughs) prayer, and so I'm going to ask each one of you to kind of share maybe a final thought or encouragement. And I just want to remind everyone listening that, I know you two have already shared, and I do as well. None of us are perfect at this. Oh, no. And we've shared (laughs) kind of years of what we've learned. Mm -hmm. And so we don't do all of these things every day (laughs) or every week (laughs) or even every month. But these are some things that I asked you all to come share, and I'm incredibly grateful you with of how you've learned about and grown in prayer over the years. But I would love to, again, give each of you a chance to share a final thought or two of encouragement about prayer as we close this time. Yeah, I would say something that I feel like God a couple of years ago felt like I was really challenged to make note of when He answers prayer. Mm-hmm. And so um, kind of in the back of my journal, I have just a it, it, it's not an exhaustive list at all. It's just big things, you know, that I'm praying for. I have a page for each of my girls and my husband and then kind of a lump together family and lump together friends. And when big things come that I want to be praying for and I feel like, you know, they really need God's intervention in this situation, um, I just write it down. And then when He answers, sometimes it's two days later. Sometimes it's a month. Sometimes I've looked back and it's several years later 
but I write down the date he answers it and just a quick note of how he answered. And it's been so encouraging to me, but I feel like it also honors the Lord because if not, like I said earlier, I tend to, you know, I would go from worry to worry or, or just go from um, prayer request to prayer request to prayer request and forget to stop and thank Him, you know, for what He's done. And so just trying to train my heart and my mind to do that. And again, I am not perfect in that at all, but I do feel like there's such a blessing. It builds your trust in the Lord because you can see what He's done. And it's so fun to go back and look because you think, I'll never forget this. This is amazing. And then, you know, two years later, you think, I know God did something really <laughs> awesome, but I don't know what it was. Yes. And, you know, to be able to go back and look is a huge blessing. Um, but I, it changes my heart because it builds faith and trust in Him. And then I think it's a blessing to Him to see that, you know, I do see Him working. And it's encouragement to other people and be able to point out to my kids, hey, I've been praying for you for this, and look how God answered, you know? And so I think that's an encouragement to people too. So I would encourage you to try that if you've never done that. (laughs) You know, prayer is a decision and a choice um, that we have the opportunity to make. And, And I don't want that to sound on the verge of self-sufficiency. But, you know, yeah, Jesus modeled prayer. What a a blessing. What a gift. Mm -hmm. What a separation from other religions of the world that we have a God that loves us and we can experience unity with God through prayer. Mm -hmm. What what power is there? Um, And I don't think we pray because we want the power. We pray because that's what God wants us to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we love him. Mm-hmm. And I love, like you said at the beginning, Patty, he meets us and helps us in our prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer can feel overwhelming. And I love the practical tips. I love the encouragement you've given. I love the reminders that, hey, if we feel like we're poor at it, first of all, we may not even be poor at it, but <laughs> just do it anyway yeah. and know that yeah. the Lord is helping you do it, and that even you two women who've prayed for years still have moments of feeling like that is an encouragement (laughs) that we all feel that together, but we jump in and say, hey, God, I'm here, and I'm going to talk to you and listen as best I know how, and I am incredibly grateful you guys would come and share that with us. So let me close us in prayer. Father, thank you for the gift of prayer. Like Patty said, not every religion points to a God that cares about and listens to and speaks back through his word to individuals that talk to him. What an incredible gift you have given us. God, I pray for all of us uh, listening that you would bring to mind one thing that has been shared and that we would work to implement that, that you would encourage us as we do it. In spirit, would you just uh, equip each one of us to listen and talk to our Father God of the universe who is so kind to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.